What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to Mid Ketchup Podcast, episode 27. Just a poet with the soul, with your host, Lofton, aka Mr. Nice Guy, aka Mr. Hayes Adonis, aka when I'm suited and booted, Antoine Cumberbund, and with my co host, Rajim. Mr. Make It Happen. What's up, man? What's going on? Let's What's go. going on? <laughs> and then, just like we told you last time, we up in here with some perspective. So down low <laughs> below, we got Miss Perspective down there. Melissa done came through, giving us a little, uh, let us know how Alabama doing uh, after they done took that L down there. I know that oh whole state is God. sad in the mug. You know what I'm saying? Tennessee. Too soon. Too soon. Our our neighbors, our people. It was the cricket was talking on Facebook feed last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it had to be tough. Yeah, I know it had to be tough. But we are we are so happy. We are so happy to uh, have you, the perspective, as well as our guest, Fernando Rover Jr., a great poet. A man that has published wonderful things out there. Got some great, great books out there on Amazon. You can find them. Labyrinth and Maverick. Uh, yep. Make sure I also had to pull it off the brain. I think I got both. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Go. So, hey, uh, go check the, those out on Amazon. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you Thank much you. for coming and visiting so and hanging out you. with us. Well, yes, you know, we're going to get it started, man. You know, everybody, uh, I assume, I'm going to assume everybody had a good week. Everybody good? Nope. No. Nope. All right. So, Bro. talk to me, man. What's going on? First of all, I went to, you know, I went to the game yesterday. I was yep. in the swamp. Gotcha. You know Go Gators. Yep, yep. Look, we, we turn up. Tailgating. You know what I'm saying? We t- yeah, we tailgating, we turn up, blah, 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 get to the game, we turn up, everything going good until we lose. So, <laughs> listen, <laughs> bro, uh, hey, LSU beat the brace off. Hey, look, man, let me tell you something. This is some, like, if anybody from Florida Gators is watching this show, y'all didn't step y'all defense up. Y'all defense is garbage. <laughs> like, whatever, go get it. I'm, I'm Gators for life. But defense, look, do you know LSU scoring on every possession? Uh, every ball, every time they had a possession ball, hey. and then look, you didn't gator chop, you didn't gator chop hard enough. That's what I mean, happened. I mean, you you ain't gator chop hard look, enough. Right now, I was, I look, so listen, listen. Let me tell you, what, let me tell you what else is bad. So <laughs> I, I got my gator outfit on. You know what I'm saying? I got right, my gear right. right. I saw the. You know what I'm saying? I got. Like, you see, you see it? Yeah, yeah, I saw you know y'all out there gator shining. I'm about, to be, I'm about to be gated down. You know what I'm saying? So. I wear a size. I wear a size twelve shoe, and I bought some blue and orange Gator Harachis. Right? Okay. I'm All like, right. I'm like, oh, these fire, these fire. Uh, yeah, yeah. I tried them on in the store. I'm like, okay, they fit. I'm good. They twelves. I'm a twelve. We gonna go with it, bro. I get to the stadium. So I'm wearing, I'm wearing Crocs all day. So I get, yeah. so I get my gear on. Right, I put my right. shoes on, and I'm walking from the tailgate to the stadium. This was probably about, I say, two miles. Right. 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 Bro. A mile into the walk, my feet, my dogs is hurting, bro. <laughs> <laughs> man, uh, when I say, so <laughs> I don't know. It looks nice. <laughs> oh, bro, my boys like my, my one of my boys like, now you uh, tiptoeing, like, bitch, these uh, shoes. Hey, <laughs> you should have knew they was about to take that L right there, dog. Like bro, as soon as I'm told, you weren't oh, even in the stadium yet, dog. Bro, I wasn't even in the stadium yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had to walk up to the third, the third tier. <laughs> Bruh, uh, when I, 
I was the only person in the in the in Gator in the swamp in the Gator Stadium with socks on. It's not wearing this shit. It's a bullshit. Uh, yeah, you should have put them right, crocs. In, put them crocs in your hey. back pocket. You was out there like uh, a like a female that went to the club with high heels on. Man. You be out there barefoot on the way out the club. Hey, you know, you know, everybody, you know, everybody was jumping up on Friday. I came to my acupuncture appointment, and let me tell you, I popped off them them heels after work on Thursday. And Bruh. I walked out of the acupuncturist without shoes on. And I had my, <laughs> my and I was not my feet were dying. I was like, after I was so because I get fire cupping and acupuncture, it's pretty yeah. great. Great stuff. But out. man, them dogs was barking. Yeah. I, was like, hey, <laughs> I don't look, know. Look. I don't wear crocs at all, but they're cute. Hey, <laughs> hey, yeah, hey. Them crocs are the best. And when I got back to my truck, I damn near threw them horaches in the garbage. I ain't gonna lie to you. If it wasn't for my son, I'm gonna ask my son if he wanted them. But if it wasn't for him, <laughs> brand new watches in the garbage. Man, my damn dogs was barking. Man, I was like, man, and we lost. Whatever. I'm done. Double bad day. Sorry, sorry about that, man. Maybe if you sorry would walk that. back to the car, you know, you would make it. No, I don't know. I know, right? Man, I walk around. Hey, I walk around in Florida Gators in Florida Gators socks. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of the street, walking around in socks. Yeah, fuck it, I'm good. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody <laughs> out there had a good week, had a good weekend. Um, but if you didn't, I'm going to let Gates. you know that one of the best things that you're going to have <laughs> is a drink of the Bo. day. Bo, let's go with it. I love a drink of the day. And the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> drink of the day, drink of the day, drink of the day. All right, so, uh, you know, I gave you that real bartender last week, this week. You know, I'm just going to give you some high-end, you know, uh, bourbon whiskey here. Uh, I have oh, this nice. Oregon this Oregon spirit, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm hitting that just with a little ice on it, just drinking it up pretty good. It tastes well, <laughs> all the way from the West Coast. Travel here, okay. fantastic. So, hey, check out that Oregon spirit. It's good if you like bourbon, man. Put it in the glass and do what you do, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, okay. Roz, what you got today? So, um, some pumpkin beer or something? Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally just found about it. Live from the pumpkin patch? Live from the pumpkin patch, dog. <laughs> I literally just had some apple cider on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> apple cider on the rocks. You hear me? Like, you know, so when, I'm chilling, when I'm chilling with my granddaughter, I don't drink. So I got to be oh, cool with it. Hey, you know what I'm gotta, saying? Gotta, but the apple, the, the apple cider is fire right here. Okay. And I got some apple and I got some apple cider donuts to go with it. So I okay, all right, all right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> that sugar, got that sugar high out there. Yeah, there yeah, go. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Apple, apple cider for life. Okay, so uh, I so I I, Melissa, Melissa, I see you got uh, you just pulled out the bottle. So what, what you got there? What well, you got actually, there, ma'am? I was looking for something. I I actually bought it special for myself because I got a, an incentive award bonus last paycheck, and I was like, Uh-oh. Hey, yeah. okay, Uh-oh. I started on myself and bought a bottle of Blanton's. Never had it before, mm. it was the first time. Okay, like, this bottle so fancy. It's got a little pony on it, a little horse. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little horsey drink. Uh, it, it's <laughs> nice. And I, and I got $119. And I was like, babe, is this right? And he's like, you can that bottle for a very good deal because that's some expensive drink. Yeah, I, that, like, I see that. Yeah, I got, this is a Crown Royal Peach Tea. There you go. There okay. you go. Crown Royal I, Peach Tea. Like the the to-go like drink. Got the to-go drink. That's yeah. the that's <laughs> the trick the popo drink. You be like, oh, this ain't nothing but a soda, sir. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so, Mr. Uh, Mr. Rover, did you uh, did you bring anything to grace during the uh, drink of the day segment, sir? No, I'm not. I'm not a big drinker, actually. I really right. don't drink that much. Hey, no, nothing wrong with hydration. You know what I'm saying? So it's all good. You know, everybody got to make sure that they're hydrated, and I understand that. You know, I make sure that I, I, I keep keep it up for uh, for the segment. So, uh, drink of the day. Make sure you check out. You know, what I'm saying that Oregon Spirit. That's pretty good. Hey, we got the crown peach down there in the in the uh 12 ounce or the, the eight ounce, whatever that is. Pop it open, take it with you, put it in the cup holder in the car. I don't know about that. And then yeah. we got the apple cider over there at the pumpkin patch. At make the sure patch, baby. All if, you, if, you had, if you had a pumpkin patch, make sure you get the apple cider, man. I heard it was good. You know so do what you do on that. Oh, hey, hey let's, 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 clear, let's clear this up, though. Okay. So, the pumpkin patches in Florida sells apple cider on ice. It okay. ain't like up north where they sell mm. warm apple cider. Mm. Ours either, ours either frozen or on ice. It's too you know, hot. Why would yeah, somebody yeah. want hot ass apple cider in Florida? Exactly. So when you come down here, it's fair. Because, it's fair. And it's funny because my wife, so my wife from Illinois, she's like, "Hey, can we get some warm apple cider? Where? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> put it in the microwave. Put it in the microwave. Keep moving. Yeah. yeah like what? Yeah. Yeah. So. Other than that, yeah, we good to go. Apple hey, cider on the rocks. Fantastic. <laughs> so make sure y'all go get your apple cider on the rocks. We're probably going to have some great fall drinks coming up here in the next few weeks. Uh, yeah. Make sure that you hit us up on uh, YouTube. Check us out live. Next week is going to be a fantastic show. We're actually going to be doing a simulcast with the So What You're Saying podcast that's out there. So they're going to be coming on, hanging out with us. And we're going to do a simulcast on their show as well as it's going to be on our show. So make sure y'all check us out next week and do the same. Do the normal things. You know what I'm saying? Click, rate, subscribe, hit the notifications and all that stuff out there. So now we're going to go ahead and move on to the news of the week. So we about to hit yes, these sir. news of the week real quick. Let me uh, let me square this away. Uh, uh, bam. We up here. News of the week for today. This episode. Let me hit it. All right, so first things up, we had Ice Cube making history out here. First black sports league. And my question is, you know, the big three been out here for a minute, so I was trying to find out, like, yo, what really happened? I already thought it was happening. He was, you know, saying first black sports league. But obviously there must have been other people that was in there. Maybe it had to stay for a little bit. I don't know what really the criteria is. But with this being the first black sports league, my question is to everybody on the panel, is Ice Cube the greatest businessman rapper? Talk to yeah. me. I, I, I'm looking at because you have to really look at all the stuff that he's done. And I, I mean, let me let me give my two cents, right? So this is what I look at. I look at all the people he put on with the businesses that he's done. He had all the movies, like every stand-up comedian that's black, starting from Friday, pretty much started off in his movie mm-hmm. and came up and was known through that. You know what I'm saying? He's always done been bomb at the music joint. He's produced so many freaking movies and done all the stuff on there. He started a full league uh, by himself, uh, and he's put so many people on. I look up. I look at the put on compared to maybe the money. I don't even know how much money he got. He could be up there with Beyonce in him. I don't know because he don't be putting it out there like that. But mm-hmm. he obviously got some dough because he done created 
basketball league. He's mm-hmm. always producing movies. He's putting people on. And I look at him as of all the other rappers that are those businessmen. They've been great for themselves, but are they putting on people right. the way Ice Cube put on people? What do you think, Rob? I think, man, honestly, um, I'm thinking more of Jay-Z as the top because he has he's put on more billionaires than anybody else. Um, you know, Rihanna started with Jay. Um, Kanye started with Jay. So I don't know. It's, it's you know, Ice Cube putting people out there, but are they really making money? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, for example, Mike Epps. Mike Epps, he worth a couple million, you know what I'm saying? But is he really worth what, say, for instance, somebody like Rihanna is worth? Or somebody like, you know, saying Jay Z or whoever. I mean, not Jay Z, but Kanye. You know what I'm saying? So then, you know, but like you said, then there's a whole league involved. You know, I don't know what does this league entail. Like, what is does the league have? Is this this sports league? Does it have teams now? Will it have teams? Does it have sports players? Like, it's, what does it entail? The the big three has been on for the last three seasons, which is pretty much three-on-three basketball utilizing former and uh, former or retired NBA players. They travel around the league. They have multiple teams that's been playing. They have high-end coaches. They have, uh, you know, they have TV presentation. Like, they're on TV doing what they do this entire, you know what I'm saying, this entire time. And it's something that he created from his mastermind and put it out there. I look at, you know, the only thing I have with the Jay-Z situation, I look at it like this. Kanye, Kanye was a force. I feel like Kanye, you had certain people that you look at and you go like, I don't know if he needed Jay-Z for him to be where he's at. I look at Rihanna. I don't know if he needed, like, I don't think Rihanna needed Jay-Z because she had a creative piece and they went into clothing. Something that's even like, they like, Jay-Z, yeah, they had rock wear, but it was very much just hip hop wear that was of that time. Mm-hmm. You know, even like you look at um, uh, freaking uh, Sean John. Sean John was different than rock wear. Sean John got into like formal wear and they was doing like other things that was outside of hip hop. And that's what I look at like Fendi and you know what Kanye's doing is like outside of what your normal, he's trying to, his brain is just on a different planet. That's why I look at them and go like, they probably would have went to where they were going no matter what was happening. Jay-Z was a great, you know, uh, I guess, uh, springboard for them. But I feel like they would have already went there. And I, yeah, feel yeah, like, sure. I feel like I feel like Ice Cube really elevated people into places that they may not have ever gotten. Like, I mean, you look at like Cat what Williams you, and you go like, what if you're saying- do you think that he, you know what I'm saying, without that role, yeah, but I think you so. feel like that Williams would a lot, of, a lot of those cats had other roles in other movies before they was actually in Friday, you know. You know what I'm saying? It's like they were actually doing stand up comedy all before that, and yeah, true. Lot, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm just like, saying the, the yeah, levels because there's levels, but, I mean, there's levels to it, but those are people yeah. that were doing a specific thing and he shed light on that specific thing. It's not like Mike Epps is out here making clothes, it's not like he's out there, like, oh, I want to be a director. He allowed Mike Epps to be Mike Epps as a comedian and elevated him as a comedian to be seen by more people. You know what I'm saying? No different than, you know, uh, Chris Tucker. Like, I feel like that's the same thing that, and what you're saying, I think it's the same thing that Jay did. You know, he just kind of get, he just kind of presented him to the world. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, I don't think people like, like Mike Epps, 
great comedian. He would have made it there at some at some in any direction. Um, Cat Williams, um, Ricky Smiley, all these cats that were in Friday at some point in time, they would that was just a nice step episode, like you said. But same thing happened with Jay. Like Rihanna probably would have made it, but she had a. All I guess all I'm saying is they had the same, and you know the same stepping stones, so to mm. say. They probably wouldn't have needed Jay, like you said, but they probably wouldn't have needed Ice Cube either. You know, and and I don't think, I mean, I I, I commend Ice Cube and everything he's doing. Don't get me wrong, and, I, and like I'm very proud of Black Excellence and everything. Um, you know, so I just don't know if he is a top, you know, the top business owner because you got because you still got people like Master P. You got, like you said, you got Puffy. You got those other cats that got huge businesses too. I think they just got put on the forefront. Um, you know, he was able to be seen on the forefront, forefront this week. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I, I haven't it's made any question. research. Yeah. It's so what? Uh, yeah. So Melissa, what do you what do you think uh, of that question? Do you think he's well, uh, in well, the running for the greatest? One of the greatest? I think he's a very smart businessman. I think um, he's made a lot of really good moves, good, well, good decisions and bad decisions, but some good decisions. I think. I just read something that I didn't get to read all the way thoroughly that he um, partnered with Microsoft. And I said, hmm, what is Ice Cube doing with Microsoft in data analytics? So I'm like, okay, so you can use data analytics for trend analysis on how popular music music is amongst the crowd history, or is it for the three-on-three design to design a game or something like that? Uh, I'm not sure what, what he would be teaming with Microsoft for, but I'm intrigued and I'm interested. Um, but yeah, I think he's made some really good moves in terms of um, the movies, uh, of course, the music. Um, but yeah, uh, I read about that three on three as well in the first um, Black Owned Sports League, which I think is very impressive. Um, but um, that's that's all I have on that one. I mean, I, I'm curious if it's game developing though to design like real life enacting mm. of the three on three or right, something right. like that. Yeah, something like that. I don't know, or if it's music. Something yeah. related to music that that yeah. I am like, <laughs> analysis or something. But so, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Fernando down there, uh, do you have any uh, perspective on uh, on, on that question? Like Ice Cube compared to those others, is he is he in that world of uh, of pulling and, and being one of the great? Yeah, I do have a perspective. Um, I think he is when it comes to the others. He definitely has been more successful in terms of using the medium of storytelling in a lot of his work. You know, you look at it from the perspective of when he started in NWA, you know, he was one of the founding members and, you know, he was one of the pillars that made that group, the storytelling vehicle that it was at the time that it was. And then you look at not just in Friday, but you look at Boys in the Hood and what he was able to do with John Singleton, you know, what he was able to do with um, even directors like F. Gary Gray. Who, who, mm-hmm. who directed Set It Off, and then who eventually directed uh, Trey Out of Compton, which is their biopic. So, you know, yeah. he's definitely been someone that has been, that has a storyteller, a storyteller vision and a mindset, because you yeah. look at his films, um, they tell the stories of, you know, the people that he knows and even the people that he's brought up with him. So I do think in terms of that, in terms of him being, in terms of, in terms of him using the medium of storytelling, I think he's much, I think he's, Light years ahead of his of yeah. his of his of his contemporaries, and, and I totally and, forgot and, about barbershop. And, yeah. and and also to add on top of that, 
he's also created offspring that's also been just as successful in that media with his child you know what i'm saying and you're like man like i mean he just had his son was in you know i looked up and i'm watching uh you know uh Freaking Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi, I'm a nerd with it, and I'm like, yo, it looked like Ice Cube in this mug, but that was his son, O'Shea Jr. is in this movie, and you're like, yo, Ice Cube is in space, <laughs> and you're like, yo, he's like, yo, that's wild, but I mean, but he's, you know, having that situation of being able to create the offspring, be in that same world, not have them go nuts, be successful in that world, and uh, with everything going on, you know, I mean, I also add that to the i checked the box for him on that as well as as ice cube doing doing we're doing really good things go ahead ross i just like i i, I feel like um his son he don't really have a son he's the same person they, they literally the same person. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, I, I like dude you cannot deny that kid that kid is yeah. you like like yeah. i've yeah. like i've never All seen day. anybody look more more like a dad than, like dude that's that the same dude that's a person I, that when they when they named him Junior, man, it matched. It was like no yeah, doubt, yeah, like oh yeah, that's yeah. that's Junior. That's, yeah. <laughs> he he should yeah. be like that. He I I don't know if he did or not, but he should have played. His son should have played him in the biopic. Like it should have. Oh, he did. Been like he played he Ice Cube and, and Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, and then yeah, there, you there you go. I mean, that you know would have been ridiculous Who if up? he played like Who E. E. That would have been. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so no, I, I didn't know. I didn't know he was in the biopic. Yeah, yeah, that was that was him. He played his he played his dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, like, so I, like I was saying earlier, I forgot all about uh, barbershop. Yeah, I totally got the barbershop. barbershop. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. you know, I mean, even right. in that situation, you know, like Cedric was was doing his thing, but that also, you know, all those people in that movie that made their profiles grow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And things that they, I mean, he's always with that creative storytelling and being able to put people on a platform. He's always uplifted, or at least it allowed those people to take advantage of that situation, which mm -hmm. I don't know. There's not a ton of uh, examples in some of yeah. the other aspects where they were a lot that got people um, outside of themselves more um, more shine. You know what I'm saying? Like you can almost name the people like, oh, they wasn't really getting movies like that, but then they got into this, and it yeah. was like, oh shoot, this must get shine. Like they, oh, they get more roles and they doing this and doing that. Not saying that they ain't putting their work in. But I feel like Ice Cube really was able to go like, oh, that person has talent. I like them. I think if I put them in this, then it allow them to take advantage of that and grow in what they like to do compared to, you know, like in Jay-Z situation, you got God, you got people that they ain't even doing what they do now. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're not even known for what, what Jay-Z brought them in for. Jay-Z brought them in for rapping and singing, and they don't even do that anymore. Like, Rihanna about to do the Super Bowl, but she ain't came up with an album in how long? So you know what I'm saying? It's, so it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of just like, she right, she don't even do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just one of those things. Sorry, guys. But, uh, there you go. Sorry. sorry you sorry. over there wilding uh, out, man. No, because it keeps falling off. All right. I'm, 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 well, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we got the uh, I'm glad we got the perspective on here because we about to hit up this new this new one right here. So Nicki Minaj and Lotto uh dragging yeah. each other on instagram and it, it seemed to start off with um the super freak that uh nikki minaj came out with is getting you know had like two billion views or whatever it is and then lotto had oh man what's the name of the song that was like more poppy that was kind of uh she had sampled a song as well 
Uh, but both of those, her uh, Nicki Minaj was mad because her song got put in the pop category, and Lotto's song still got put in the rap category. And she was like, yeah. "Hey, why is this? Why am I getting put in the pop category when this is a rap situation?" And Lotto was still doing that, and then that's kind of where the beef inflamed. But looking at it right now, my question is, as I had on there, is rap music pop music now? Uh, Ross, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I, I feel it, like I feel like is it popular? Because I mean, it's it's really. I mean, my 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 situation was it's like the most popular music. Pop music is popular music. So well, just, is rap music that. now so, popular music? I was just gonna no, say that. So it means that it's popping. So so it means if it's popping, then it's pop music. So I don't know. I said. <laughs> so I feel like this. I feel like. You know, we as a culture have cross have bled into every genre of music, and it's amazing. It's awesome. You know what I'm saying? I don't see a problem into bleeding into pop music if we, you know, what I'm saying because I don't think pop music was created for a certain culture, but um, I feel like like the song that she's talking about. Mm-hmm. What was it called? Um, uh, Super Freak. Super that was Freak? it. Yeah, she took the uh, sample off of the Rick James. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out. It got it gets two billion views or two billion, two billion streams. So I will say this. I I I I I I what do you think about that situation? So I'm gonna, I'm kind of go, I'm kind of gonna go out on the limb here and, and be the devil's advocate and kind of go against what Raj just said. Um, when you were saying that pop was really made for a certain culture, um, I would argue that historically pop was largely um, reserved for white audience, for white acts and white audiences, similar to how hip hop was revolutionized by black by black by black art artists. Now I will say that what makes it kind of interesting is that you know pop is pop is short for popular. I mean you said you said mm-hmm. that very correctly. It's very short for popular. And what we see what we saw in like the maybe late eighties, early nineties, or even into the, like the golden age of hip hop with the nineties, we saw a crossover between, you know, pop and hip hop. Like, you know, we saw, you know, um, hip hop acts being played on MTV and being uh-huh. played on, you know, VH1 and being, you know, on huge mainstream platforms that hadn't been done before. Um, and, you know, you saw it be elevated to a new audience and to a new level. You know, but I think that what's interesting is that, especially when it comes to like award shows, there's a huge like controversy surrounding like award shows and categories, and right. especially when it comes to black acts. I think Grammys are are good are a good example. Um, there's, mm-hmm. there, there's a large history, case in point, in like I think it was 1988-89, the first rap category, and they weren't going to tell on television. Um, right. That was a big controversy, um, even to the point now where. 
you look categories outside of rap and R&B and hip hop, and you see that in the pop and, and other categories, there aren't a lot of black artists being nominated. So it's kind of like one of those things where you really have to, it's like this tug and pull of, you know, you want to be, you know, mainstream enough to be seen on larger platforms and, and, and move the genre forward. But at the same time, you don't want to forget, you know, your roots. You don't want to forget where you come from, or you don't want to alienate your original audience. So it's kind of a weird situation. So I kind of can see where they both kind of are when it comes to just Nikki's point. I did read her response or like her, her comment on it. And I kind of do see where she was coming from um, because especially in this day and age, um, there's a lot of, bleeding in between like what is mainstream and what is you know purely you know rap or hip-hop right right so uh melissa what uh what's your feelings on it? i know this is a uh, more of a perspective thing and i don't know uh if they were just getting salty at each other but uh you know with the with the popular you know with the with is rap is rap really pop music now because i mean you know well what how you feeling about that well, you know, I think it's I think it's incredible when you can cross those lines. I mean, if you look at Selena, she crossed the lines of pop into pop culture from being a Hispanic artist. And that was one thing that, for one, a female Mexican never did. And when she managed to get over, I mean, if you listen to the song Technocumbia, it's got a little poppy vibe, but it's Tejano, Tex-Mex. Uh-huh. And, and and she managed to break that barrier. So I don't I don't look at it as a bad thing. This is just me thinking. But I mean, they might they might think it's offensive because they say, oh, no, I'm rap. I'm rap. I'm this. But I mean, shoot, you should be happy that you're reaching across boundaries that people tried so hard to not be stuck in for so long. So you can reach a greater audience. You know, now you're you're in another category that someone can listen or download your music. Be happy about mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I mean, that's that's something that people have struggled with for years, you know, yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing, but maybe they, they look at it as like, no, I'm not pop. I'm not pop. But a lot of the music does have a little upbeat, poppy kind of sound to it. Now, it's not it's not gangster rap. Let's just put it that way. It's yeah, not. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I could appreciate that um, just just from the lyrics itself, being able to reach that or pass across that boundary is what I feel. Right. Right. All right. All right. Well. Once again, we done hit it, hit it up, and I think we done hit that one out of the park. I mean, I, I really look at it where, you know, uh, like like Melissa was talking about, pop music and hip-hop has been blending for a while. I mean, you look at Run DMC and Aerosmith when they did Walk This Way. That was the whole point of that song was mm-hmm. to try to get people outside of a certain skin color to listen to this music, you know what I'm saying? And like, oh, that sounds cool. Like we can do our little raps and all the other good stuff and uh, and it'd be a good thing. So it's always been a situation where they've been trying to blend those things. Uh, what you had, um, what's the uh, freaking, oh, what's uh, what's uh, uh No Doubt, a girl from No Doubt and, and, and uh, yeah, and, yeah, even and, and Gwen Stefani when that, you know what I'm saying? Like there was always a blending of different types of music that they were been trying to do with hip hop all the time. And then you would have, of course, the R&B with the feature, feature rap artists. They did that for a long time. That would be on the backside of it. So they've always been in the situation of trying to blend those, blend those categories and to eventually become what they become. And I also kind of look at like, you can't be mad, just like Melissa was talking about. You can't be mad that you were been right. attempting to be popular and now that you are popular. 
that's kind of right. the thing like you're fighting against that now you are the popular music and that's pretty much right. what it is like i mean when i look which i think is hilarious every time i see it when i look on you know the reels or it's on TikTok or it's on an instagram thing and they're doing some type of challenge and it's usually <laughs> from some black song and you see some 35 40 year old mom that's out here twerking and shaking and you go like yo that's crazy like you know and it's like and you watch tv and you're listening to you watch a you know i'm saying an insurance commercial and all of a sudden in the background is baby got back and you like this is wild that (laughs) hip-hop that people used to be like don't listen to that turn that off what the heck that's the background that's the background music to everyone's life right now like everybody that's in the world there's a back that background is there there's trap music everywhere if you're if you're listening to any youtube channel as soon as you turn it on unless that thing is like dealing with some type of hunting or something like that there's usually a generic trap beat to open it up and then they freaking play whatever they're doing so it's everywhere you know what i'm saying it's it can't i don't know if you know besides every single person in the world buying it i don't know if the genre of hip-hop can be more popular. It is the pop music right I think now. You know what I'm saying? Country artists too feel feel like certain country artists. I yep. know I've stated pop. how they feel offended to be put in a pop category too. Because well, I mean, even you, you even have to look at the country because you have now you have modern country where you hear country songs with trap beats on the back. Mm-hmm. Like they have that, and they're pretty much like just rapping country tunes on yeah. some of these songs and you're just it's it's blended into everything and it's uh yeah. i would say it's, it's one of those things that's really wild um that that had taken place I think with everything that's going on because i think it's great yeah. all have in common that's mutual among all races is struggling mm. poverty yeah. is, that is true i discriminate <laughs> broke, mm. whatever, yeah. broke is broke <laughs> Yes, life will get you broke. It doesn't matter yes. what the, the skin color is. It will so get you. And so is death, and so is every other natural, normal human thing. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. Life. Sure. So that thing is, you know, is across everyone. Everybody. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a thing that's better. Uh, you know, I don't think it necessarily needed a war of words where they was actually going yeah. after each other. But you know, when it comes down to it. They're both making money. They're both popular. So that's what you planned on doing when you joined the music business. It was something uh, so, on Twitter. It was some kind of hate she did on Twitter. It was like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what it was. I know that's where, you know, I know that 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 pop area was where it kind of began. And that, you know, when that is the just of kind of all the argument, you go like, OK, so you're both popular. It really doesn't matter in that situation and they're both making money you know well especially i thought it was interesting because if you look at Nicki minaj's like her early like start a lot of her start mm-hmm. was from pop music you know yeah. a lot of her early her early hits were, were crossover a lot of features yeah so really, a lot of features it really, um, it really kind of surprises me how it does surprise me that you know she would be so upset when you know she kind of she she ran herself as a cross as a crossover artist um, right right I mean, yeah. she looked like a black Barbie doll. That's what yeah. she. I mean, black Barbie. That was her. Yeah, that was her brand. Yeah. 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 Well, when I see that image of her, man, that looks like Poppy to me. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very much so. Yeah. Well, I think we put that to bed, but you know what? We gotta. It's another week, so we have to deal with this guy. 
Good old Kanye always bringing some good old news <laughs> around. So this dude, once again, was on Drink Champs. Um, you know, has some things about saying uh, out there. He called Drake the uh, the greatest rapper ever. Um, he has suggestions that he slept with Chris Jenner. Um, he cussed out pretty much uh, was it Meek Mills and and P Diddy in a very uh, aggressive rant. Um, what do you what do you make of what do you make of Kanye? Like I, what what do you talk to me, uh, Fernando? Like what do you make of the situation uh, with Kanye? And I don't know if I look at it like he has learned from the Kardashian nonsense to bring nonsense every six months. Like I'm going to go on a three months of nonsense just to make sure that everybody knows that I'm here. I'm going to wear goofy ass boots, a a jacket that is 85 sizes too big. I'm going to (laughs) go on and talk about every freaking race possible. Uh, You know what I'm saying? I'm going to cuss out multiple people. I'm going to talk about Kim Kardashian and how she's been evil to me. And then I'm going to go away for a while. And uh, like, it seems like that is his mantra that has been happening here so fernando like talk to me what what do you what do you feel that that kanye i don't know what his goal is at least with the kardashians i know it's all about making money um you know there's other people out there that troll and they're like hey i'm trying like i don't know what the end goal for kanye is talk kanye is the epitome of a tortured artist He's someone that, I mean, he he's incredibly talented. You know, you can't take that away from him. He's very talented. He has, he's proven time and time again how talented he is. But one of the things that I think many people try to make him out to be, which he's not, is he's not dumb. He's very smart. He's very intelligent. He's very smart and he knows what he's doing. So these little antics that he does and these these back and forth changes that he does, it's not something that just comes out of thin air. This is something that's strategic. This is something that, you know, he is he is intentionally saying and he's well aware of what he's saying and how he's saying it. Um, when it comes to his end goal, you know, when it comes to Kanye West, you know, and another word I think of about him is he's a loose cannon. You know, there's there could be so many things that he could be he could be. I, I think there's just so many things that go that he could be he could be going through or going or going on right now. You know, he has been very open about you know the the, the passing of his mother and you know how that's affected him and affected his art. I mean, it's very clear very clear in his art. You know, um, I do think that he. He, I do think that he certainly has modeled a the controversial way of of getting of getting attention from, from just as Bastians do. Um, I think, and I, I honestly don't think, I honestly don't think that's something that I honestly don't think that's something that he got from them. Say, I think he was doing it before he met them, um, but I think it, it kind of just elevated to a, to another level because you know him, he and Kim Kardashian 
knew each other for for several years before they started dating and, and before they got married. Um, so that probably some, something like that probably got probably got them together in some aspect. But I don't know. I don't know what his end goals are, but I do know that whatever that goal is in mind, you know, this is not something that is just like a happenstance. This is something that's strategic. This is something that is being done on purpose. He's very well aware of what he's doing. Like he's too he's too intelligent not to be. He's very intelligent, even though he says things that might you know make him look like he's not he's he's very intelligent so melissa i mean with everything that that you've seen over these you know i mean going from the you know the white lives matter t-shirt to uh you know the drink champs to uh you know i mean even lebron had to take him off of his um his show the shop just because of some of the things that he had have been saying so uh they're not going to air that episode of uh, of him being on there it feels like he's on very much on a you know a uh a interview campaign of hey i want to make sure that i'm voicing as much as possible and i will talk to anybody that has a camera like i'm going to say things no matter what it could be the person on the street with a phone and he was like hold up i'm gonna give you a 15 minute interview and i'm just a random person and you know what I'm saying? So he's been like, he's really been out there trying to state anything to anybody about anything. So uh, what 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 is your take on that, Melissa, with everything that's been going on? I'll have to agree with Fernando. I think he's very calculated in what he does. Um, I've been a fan of his music, earlier days music, not so much his more recent stuff, but more of his underground stuff. And I brought that up before, um, before he got super big you know a lot of the mixtapes and underground stuff i used to really really love that that's where i first became fascinated with him and became a fan some of the other stuff i'm not so much of a fan of but he is a he is he has an artist's eye and mm -hmm. i love the way he expresses it especially um runaway with the ballet dancers and everything it was a beautiful video to me the long version i i really mm -hmm. liked it really liked it but um, I do think he's very calculated in what he does. I do think it's often for publicity stunts or attention and things like that, or whatever he he has an agenda for. And it's hard to figure out. He's hard to figure out, like what what is really going on in that mind of yours, man? Why would you do that? You know, what mm -hmm. I mean? it's like you you got some issues in there. We all do. You know what I mean? We all do. We're all working yeah. out of some sort. Yeah. You know. Um. But it but it makes you wonder, like, man, you know, why would you why would you throw a jab at a random person like that or why would you right it, you know it, it's just it, what does he get out of it i'm not sure yeah yeah and i don't i also look at it like what if this was if this is calculated and just random um you know i, I don't know if i kind of look at it like you know like i said before uh I maybe learned it from the kardashian situation but also um a thing of that could have affected the kardashians because you know they're very calculated but they know exactly who they are and they've they kind of gone this path and it's you know just like you know we try to you know most things try to project uh you know having that organized chaos and they try yeah. to present a little bit of chaos but everything kind of has a, a a end goal and a direction that they're trying to go in and uh and kanye is very much one of those where you know, i'm pretty sure he would go off the rails like there's no doubt like hey i'm gonna go this way where everybody else is like well we've been making uh you know we're a freaking billion dollar you know saying conglomerate right here doing big yeah. things and you're going off the reservation you could be messing with our money and i almost feel like that could have been what happened like i don't know 
be, just because the Kardashians have dealt with so much wild stuff, you're like, yo, man, if Kanye was just like, hey, man, we just gonna ride this train and keep it rolling, I feel <laughs> like he disrupted their plan. It was like, okay, now you're getting in the way of the bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are causing issues of us getting the bag. You know what I'm saying? And and I feel like maybe that was the situation of why they ended up breaking up because it looked like, hey, man, based on, you know, all the stuff before, it was like, hey, that was the one person that at least she stayed with and and he was all about her, you know, with everything that was going on. So it, it was very interesting. I don't know what to make of Kanye uh, just because he literally says the most contradictive stuff constantly. Um, and, you know, just like you were saying, you don't know where he's going to go. You don't know what he's really trying to say. I don't know what direction he's trying to go. It's uh, we're free thinking, but then no, we want to lock people down. No, I want to beat this motherfucker ass. Oh no, but like so he's just yeah. <laughs> he's so just like sporadic, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm like, it's just it it doesn't it doesn't feel like it has direction, and, and it may have direction in his mind, but it feels like it doesn't have direction uh, with a lot of the things that he uh, that he goes about. But I'm pretty sure that next week, everybody that's listening out there on the Spotify's and Apple's and those that are live on YouTube, we'll be talking about Kanye again next week. I, I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to be happening. So, and you know, tune that's in. That's his uh, whole... Yeah, that's his agenda. You know what I'm saying? So, if no. you like that, if you like the Kanye talk, if you like the Kanye talk, we'll probably be back with some more Kanye nonsense uh, next week. But, that's probably what he learned from her. From oh, yeah. Her. You know what I mean? People would pick yeah. that up. I mean, that their whole lives were publicized, and it was that yeah. really, really how they are? Yeah. You know, you probably pick that up on as long as they're still talking about us, we're relevant. You know. Yep. And I mean, <laughs> we're not like, <laughs> it was like, what's the best way to get people to talk about me? Say random things. What's the <laughs> best way to increase following? And this is the this is the thing. This is the secret thing that I feel like um, DJ Khaled got from Kanye. <laughs> talk about god yeah. put god on everything and it's like and then you go like because kanye as soon as he started doing the the church deals up in montana and everything like that it was like boom all of a sudden he had people that weren't normally listening to kanye were listening yeah. to kanye so it increased it increased <laughs> the people listening and as soon as as soon as dj khaled had gotten in the studio with kanye west and you started like God did came out. Yeah. And it was like, oh, let me do this because it opens up. As soon as you as soon as you do that, and I mean it's no different than when he did Jesus Walks, but Jesus, Jesus walks, walks to me, Jesus Walks felt genuine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it felt genuine. It felt like I've been through something and this is what got me through. And I'm gonna and he spoke about that in the song. Yeah. I feel like this is more of a how I, I can I see it like, oh, hung around Trump. You know what I'm saying? It was like very much those that was like, okay, well, I see that this works as creating a popular move. You know, and I mean nothing wrong with uh nothing wrong with DJ Khaled and what he was doing, but I feel like that was very much a thing that I saw that came out of them working together was, oh, I'm gonna name this album God Did. We all hit the God Did joint, we gotten it up all the time. You know what I'm saying? With this situation, because it's going to touch people that are outside that don't normally listen to my music. Because I think it was a 
uh, Kanye may have hit a plateau. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I've hit the ceiling of hip hop, and now I've got to push through that ceiling. And yeah. you know, DJ Khaled may have been in that same deal. Like, I got to push through. I got to push through this ceiling. How do I gain more people? I've already made great yeah. music. I already do great production. I already can do all that stuff. How do I do? How can I take my stuff to reach more people? Yeah. You 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 have to touch it. You have to tap into something else. You got to tap into another genre of uh of music you know what i mean you know so uh that's that's just my little you know looking at it from the outside well i mean what do you think do you think that's something that that's feasible what uh for, for now? i think i think it is i think it is feasible i think that like i said you know kanye is he's like a conglomerate of a hip-hop performance artist so you know performance artists like if you like a, literally a performance artist's job is to is to invoke reaction whether it's positive reaction, negative reaction, they're, they're what they're trying to do is through antics that we that we might see as like crazy or weird is actually intentional. That's the whole point. Their, their, their point is to get us to look at them and to pay them attention towards a topic or towards a theme that is going on behind the scenes. So I think, you know, when you look at Kanye West and you look at his infiltration into spaces, into political spaces, into religious religious spaces, that is an act of performance art, in my opinion, because he really is. It's. I mean, he's using his art. I mean, again, like, you know, um, you know, he he. You're right. He does have an artist eye and an artist mind. Um, but I also, like I said, I think that also he's doing it to provoke. To, find, to provoke some reaction, you know, and and he, and he knows what he's doing. Like, you know, he knows, yeah. like the words, like he knows like the antics he says, or if someone takes a picture with him, um, you know, he knows that that's gonna get a million one, like, you know, follows on Twitter or, or you know, or just like sharing the photo and, you know, he'll mm. be on, you know, He'll be on like different talk, but different people were talking about what was he, what was he doing with Trump this time? You know things like that. So yeah, yeah I do, I do yeah, think, I do think that, that that is a very possible, uh, yeah. possible thing. I do. What, you got any uh, anything else there, Melissa, to add? Well, I was thinking um, there was something that I was reading the other day it was actually applicable to one of my business classes, but it, it it's it's a way of um, design where you study the behavior of people in order to build a product that they'll like you know what i mean so in a way it's almost like i wonder if he's so disattached from how he used to be because he's not a normal guy anymore he's rich you know right right he wants to he wants to do this stuff with invoking people or a reaction from people to see and get to the nitty-gritty of how the people think read those comments get that get that feedback from them to see what 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 is the now what is the struggle between the people now you know, mm -hmm. versus where he was at then. Is this right. is a business tactic? That's where my right. mind too. Is, is it a way for him to create new music, new products, new something and get right. feedback from the people in some way by doing these crazy sporadic things and, you know, being, oh, well, that's what the people like. Oh, well, that's what the, how the people feel. Right, and, right. So just, to, just to get a, a feel, feedback of real everyday people. Right, right. You know, he's not in that he's not in that arena anymore. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's done some interesting things like making, uh, what, what some of the workers at gap 
like put clothes his clothes he designed in a trash bag so that the people that come in and buy it know what it feels like to be homeless and i was like they don't know what it feels like to be homeless because they in your store like they just like that look you just gave them a feeling of they about to go donate something to the homeless <laughs> that's what I, that's what it was like oh i forgot that i didn't want to donate that to the homeless i'm gonna put that out and actually person so i mean it's just it's things that uh you know he's trying to present that i don't know if it's hitting the mark on a lot of the stuff but you know it is what it is and we'll have more to talk about kanye west next week so come join us i know he'll be there i know he will so come join us we will be talking about kanye in some sort of fashion uh next week uh on the show but we're gonna keep it moving because i also have an interesting thing we had Cardi B and Gorilla, she happens to be doing big things out there. She don't mess with, uh, you know what I'm saying, them broke dudes and them suckers out there. So it was kind of interesting. I, I happened to be on there. She gave Cardi B an extravagant uh, watch and some other stuff as a birthday gift. I don't know how long they've known each other. But my whole thing is, these, and I've seen more on Instagram and, and, uh, and Twitter and things of that nature of hip-hop artists generally that have been given gifts to other artists that are like extravagant i don't know what this means it's really odd to me some of the stuff that's been out there with the gift giving i don't know if it's the rite of passage i don't know if they just got so much money they just don't care because the other person can buy it too i don't know what this extravagant gift giving of other artists and especially like Gorilla being new to the in, newer to the industry and things of that nature, I'm wondering if these gifts that I see of newer artists giving it to, um, I seen something. What was it? Some some artist gave something to a basketball player for a gift, and like you know, it was like some extravagant yeah. gift that they had given. I'm wondering if this is like a rite of passage thing, or is it a I'm 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 in the door, or hey, you're gonna help me out with features, or it's like a thank you gift for helping me get into the industry. I don't know what that is. I'm trying to figure this weird thing out because all these uh, artists are now giving out all these extravagant gifts. Uh, what do you think the purpose, Melissa, is of these extravagant gifts that you're seeing these artists giving each other? Well, just like you were saying, it, you're not sure if it's a it's a tip for tat or um, if it's coming from a genuine place. But, you know, if you look at a lot of the mobster movies and the gangster movies and the drug cartels and things like mm -hmm. that when it comes to, to affiliation in a mob. Right, right. Lyrics is really written like is um, giving these handsome gifts, these monetary gifts as a, not a really a peace offering, but kind of. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. I got you. This extravagant car you know, just, just so we can do business together in the future. It is a rite of passage in a sense. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of gifts they actually received from each other. I think you said it was a watch or something like that. Yeah. But um, I think if you're going to go big, you better go big. If, if you're trying to do if you're <laughs> do kind gesture to someone so that maybe you can record music together. I don't know if that was their intent or. Right. You know, but people have been doing it for years in the mob world, you know. Yeah. Give you get some gifts as as a, as a peace offering or a treaty, so to speak, or uh, hopes to do business together. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't I didn't relate it to that uh, that mob style of uh, yeah. of gift giving. You know, make sure that you come in and give the don 
everybody yeah. got to have a gift when they come to give the Don something, you know what I mean? So it is kind of interesting that that's, uh, that, that could possibly be a thing. So, uh, uh, Fernando, like, what do you what do you see as that? You feel like that's going down the right path with that? Um, Kind of. I, I do agree with Melissa. I do think that it is there's some there's something to be said about it being like a, a rite of passage, um, perhaps. You know, to show a sense of to show a sense of camaraderie amongst each other. I find it interesting, a very interesting dichotomy because we just talked about you know Nicki Minaj and Lotto, and now talking about you know Cardi B and, and Rilla and how one predicament was very negative in terms of their interaction, and then the other one is very positive. It's interesting to see that there's multifacets within the hip hop and rap community, um, and I think. I don't know. I do think that that might be a sort of a act of, you know, you take this gift or you take this as an offering from me and then maybe we can do something in the future or just to show that, you know, there's no bad blood or something of that nature. Um, I think there is something to be and it's not and it's not just like so it's not something that is only unique to this community. I mean, you look at even in the pop community. There were stories about how, what was it? I think it was in 2017 uh, when Adele won Album of the Year, and she mm-hmm. actually she gave Beyonce some flowers because everybody wanted everybody wanted Beyonce to win Album of the Year that year. I mean, that was Album of the Year to everybody, you know. And she won <laughs> instead. You know what I mean? And so that was a big, you know, ordeal. And I think for 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 months on end, they were talking about like back and forth, <laughs> not back and forth, but just again. What what was Adele saying with that with 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 her speech? What was she doing mm-hmm. with with giving her the gift? You know, right. um, so it is it is interesting to see that, and, and you know, you always, I mean, Adele, anytime, Adele's album was dope though. It wasn't like it wasn't dope. I was mean, it, of course, it was. I mean, it was. You know. It was. It very much was so. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I don't know. You never. I think whenever you give a gift, whether it's props, whether it's a tangible gift, I mean, you can't, it's hard to argue that there's no meaning behind it or no intention behind it. Yeah. Right, it's right. Oh, what that intention is and how far to go. You know. It makes you wonder, like, was there a symbolism behind the watch? Is it the time is now? You know what I mean? Is it? Is it, <laughs> is it yeah, is that would have been, that would have been serious. You know? Especially because, especially because, like in again in other communities, like like flowers, for example, when you give like a rose, it means something. When you give like, mm-hmm. like a sunflower, it means something. When you give, yeah. you know, you know, each flower means something different. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I do think that there is something to be said about what that symbolism means. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I think we, uh, you know, uh, when I brought up that question, it was very much about trying to figure that out because I didn't. Uh, I didn't understand it. It was it felt just very different to me, knowing that everybody's in there trying to get what they got to get. Also, it meant that everybody's making crazy money if they're out here just buying gifts and not just showed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I just got my first song and album, and I'm out here just like, yeah, man, 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 just throwing money all over the place. Which I'm like, wow, that's amazing. That's that's a that's very different than what it, the way it used to be. But um, you know, having that and and just because it's been more regular. It feels like it's kind of in that mob deal, like you brought up, very much rite of passage or or the thank you for hey, maybe Cardi B got on there for zero dollars because she was like, Oh, this is gonna be hot. Yeah. And this was the payback, or you know what I'm saying, or something like that. You know, it was 
you know, very different uh, different way that they're interacting nowadays. It may be uh, with the a, way they're doing a, it. a meaning of respect, though. You know, you, anytime you yeah. come to a person's home, you know what yeah. I mean for for yeah, a dinner. No doubt. You no doubt. You never come to the table empty-handed. You don't. Yeah. So whether true. you bring a bottle of wine or a dish or something like that, it's just respect. You know what I mean? Understand. And you pay homage to the people because you're breaking bread with these people. And that's symbolism, you know? Breaking bread or making bread. Oh, you like that? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. We got to look like we got through all the major topics, but there was a couple other topics that, you know, this was other things that happened to be in the news that was going on. I, I had to put, you know what I'm saying? You know, there was a song out there that was like, Murder, She Wrote. Oh, yes. Murder, yes. She Wrote. So I had to, you know, Angela Lansbury, man, uh, RIP. She had passed away. She was the uh, the main actress in the show Murder, She Wrote, which I assumed during that time frame that was the lead of the Murder, She Wrote situation on uh, on that song. Uh, so... Uh, R.I.P. to, Mer- uh, to uh, Angela Lansbury. She was like 90 some odd years old, lived uh, a great life. Uh, also, you got Genuine out there uh, trying to, I guess, be a part of a, what, what's my man's name? Chris um, Angel. Chris Angel. Chris Angel Magic Trick. And my <laughs> man passed out trying to hold his breath. Like he was out there. I mean, Genuine has been in the news. I don't know if it's been for good things, but Genuine no. has been in the news. He got the pass out. He got the genuine challenge. I seen mad dudes up there trying to do the genuine challenge. My man can't even whine like he used to for the pony. Like, I mean, he's uh, he having some issues out there. You know what I mean? Wear that pony to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, also I saw a thing, which I didn't even know was a thing. 50 Cent is suing uh, Med Spa because I guess the woman that owns Med Spa uh, was using his his picture that she happened to take with him um, to imply that he had a penal enhancement treatment. So, I mean, I was like, oh, that's some new stuff. Like, she out there trying to hustle, uh, letting them know that 50 cents was trying to become a dollar and 50 cents. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was out there trying to, trying to extend it out there. You know what I mean? So I was like, that's quite interesting. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, what you got to say, Melissa? What's, what's when, up? When, when I was reading, I didn't get to read a whole lot about it, but this Dr. Mm-hmm. Kogan person who, uh, I guess he had some type of service at their spa. Okay. So if it's something that you feel comfortable, don't feel comfortable talking about, what is so controversial in comparison to a penile uh, procedure? Okay. So, uh-huh. I mean, he has, he has bomb looking abs. He always has the muscles and stuff like that. Do, do you have like some fake it's, muscles? It's, or some it's, the, it's, the, it's the male, the uh, he was, he was doing the something. male BBL, I guess. That's what it was. He was male BBL. Well, well, see, they said that he was associated with it, but they didn't say he actually got that. So yeah, okay. he was supposed to have gotten some type, type of service for free for using his photograph, but because she right. kept using that same photograph, right, every right. time we mentioned with the penile thing. So right, it was like, right. It made everybody think, yeah, he must have that. And it brings me up to a very sensitive topic for most men. Okay. Is cosmetic procedures in general. Like not a lot of men really talk about it, but they get Botox. They get all this other stuff done, but they don't like to talk about it. Like the abs work or the gastric bypass for weight loss or different things like that. But there's a stigma attached to it because they feel like they cannot speak on it. 
I like, mean, I, I would I would say the I would say, I would say gastric bypass. I would say gastric bypass. I would I don't think there would be a stigma to that. I feel like that would be like especially if, normally if you're normally if you're getting that, it's a you know, I mean that's a that's a, uh, a weight health thing that you're trying to I've, I've you know regulate it. right. I've I mean, I mean, and I would yeah. assume that would be that's for uh, uh, weight regulation and, and health, medical right, medicine. right. So I feel like that's just getting that's just like getting a heart bypass. You're like, okay, you're trying to get your heart, you're trying to stay healthy, right? Now, adding some abs or getting lipo or um, <laughs> you know things like like that's very cosmetic. Like it's it different than hey, if you just work hard, if you just work out and, you know, do, like, because you see guys, the superhero teams and all the other stuff, and you rich, people out there rich, you can obviously get these people and be yes. like, yo, work out. Let's get it. I can change my body <laughs> up real quick. You've seen, you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, with Thor, and they talk about how much he work out, and you see the rock, he always working out. And you got Kevin Hart. So it's not even like the big dudes all the time. You got Kevin Hart works out. Those. So it's like, you can do those things. Um, I think it would be more belittling to those that are the men, men's, uh, if you was out there getting lipo and stuff like that. Uh, but you but don't share it as much, is what I mean. You don't see them share it. On, they're, oh, no, they, they ain't going to share it. about sharing that. Like, I've, no. I've had gastric by, bypass, was a revision to a sleeve mm -hmm. that actually didn't go very well the, the initially. And uh -huh. I had acid reflux issues, so I had a, a gastric bypass. Um, and man, I was 350 and now I'm what 220 mm -hmm. and that's after regain, but I mean, yeah. it changed my life. But when right. I'm following these pages, you don't see as many men talk about it as much. There's few, there's a few men on there, but you don't yeah. see them talk about it as much or be as open about how they lost the weight right. or, or, or not be afraid to say, yeah, I did that too. And, and you can too, you know what I mean? Change right. your life. I, right. I agree with Melissa. You don't really see a lot of men bring that up and there is something to be said about why that's, why that's the case, especially, yeah. you know, I, I, there has, I mean, I, I do agree. You know, is it is it a, a masculinity issue? Is it a social is, is a social construct issue? I mean, you know, you look at especially the conversations about like just any type of any type of thing that men do their bodies, like steroids and, and athletes. It's like you know, mm -hmm. it's just there's gotta just this, stronger, gotta be the best. Yeah, <laughs> this weird sort of you know, don't ask, don't tell type of thing that, you know, right, right. it is, it is present, you know, there, it is, mm -hmm. is an elephant in the room. So I do agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that um, very much so with, with that, I would say like any type of cosmetic, not necessarily, you know, like medical health compared to a cosmetic, meaning cosmetics, like very much a choice has nothing <laughs> to do with your health. Has nothing to do with you know what I'm saying like that's just like oh somebody want to get, get their nose done or they want to get their face done and blah blah blah. Do you ever, do you ever do, does anybody know what he actually had done? I, I have I'm no curious. idea. I'm like, it wasn't was no so bad to talk about because you got them fifty cent cut ads uh, and all the. I mean, well, I mean, the thing is that he he for sure, I would say he for sure would not be able to step back on the block if he was like, yo, I was up in there getting that Botox and like I I don't think. I don't think if you walk, you rocking the, you walking down the block. Comfortable with that though, because they have what? image body dysmorphia issues just I, like I, everybody yeah, else. It is, it you is know, very I, true. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, just, I understand that, but I think more, I think more men would look at it like no different than going to earn your money validly compared to earning your money by inheritance. 
yeah. You would be like, hey, you work for that. That was, you know what I'm saying? Like, you worked and you did that. Like, you accomplished that. Accomplishing goals, success. You had a goal, you went and got it. You accomplished it through hard work, um, you know what I'm saying, and, and diligence. Compared to, I think more people were, are, 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 are allowing of women to be able to go like, hey, you can go to that. That's, we're not going to think less of you. Right. They're for sure the situation of, hey, men, men, men are like, hey, you got to put that work in, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, at P, it's, it's no different than, hey, you was in the army, you know? If somebody's like, if you got to do the push-ups, you can't, you can't. The boxing yeah. culture in general, like, yeah. is 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 intense. When I see them boys that trained up in there, they don't come yeah. to play. They do yeah, not you gotta to you gotta do the push-ups just like everybody else. Yeah. Now, if, it, if somebody's <laughs> like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you fake muscles," and you get to just stand over to the side, right? I'm pretty sure people will be not not pleased with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, people would not in the in the you know the military situation. If somebody got to stand over to the side and not do PT with everybody else, and they got artificial muscles, and they was like, "Hey, we just gonna check the box for you." I don't think there's anything that, against them getting hair transplants or anything like that. If it makes you feel better and confident in yourself. And well, you, you got to move I, hair from your booty cheeks up to your head and you be a I don't think hair I don't think hair is a I don't think I don't think hair is one of those things that people don't talk about. Like I think hair is a situation where it's like that is more of a okay, you, you went and got you some hair, blah blah blah. I'm looking I at do. like the straight cosmetic facial and like, oh, I'm gonna put pecs in, I'm gonna put in you know what I'm saying? Like those are like come on. I do, I do, I think, I, I do agree, though, with Melissa that I think it would just be nice to see more examples of men being open about it, you know, yeah. because, because, because there, there is a huge percentage of men that do go through body dysmorphia issues and mm -hmm. have erectile dysfunction issues and are afraid to talk about it because it's so, like, taboo in the male community. It's like, you know, you shouldn't have those issues, especially, like, you know, I mean, there are there are and, and people will talk it up, and say, oh, well, you know, this, you know, he's older or it's all that. No, there there are men like in their 20s that have that have these issues. You know what I mean? Right. It's just it's just how your body is. I mean, sometimes you know, we all we all are we all are we all have different things that we're that we're dealing with. And I I, I think it would do something for uh, the community and for the popular culture to have these conversations. So that way. You know, when a celebrity like Rudy Sand or somebody else comes up, like comes up in the news like this, mm. it won't be as, you know, so yeah, like, you know, like, like thing, right? because there are, I mean, there are a lot of men that both that have eating disorders. There's a lot of men mm. that have, you know, um, that yeah. especially because, you know, we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a culture where, I mean, we've we've made strides. I mean, there's more uh, visuals of like body positivity, but there's still a long way to go, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And especially like in the male community, it's like, you know, the, the bigger you are, the broader you are, the more muscular you are, you know, that's it kind of, we, we attain that to how manly you are when there are tons of men who are just as masculine, just as tough, that look slim, that look big. I mean, it doesn't, mm -hmm. or your exterior doesn't uh, define how tough for masculine you are. Yeah, yeah your mentality. Understand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I think it's I think it's attractive when a man can express that. When mm -hmm. a man can be open and honest about those things and be 
fully transparent, whether it's to your wife, whether it's to whoever, you know what I mean? I think it's an attractive thing because that means, you know, self, you know what I mean? Right. But also, but also there's also a situation where I know, uh, I know, I know that there's people out there that they'd be like, Oh, I want a sensitive dude and blah, blah, blah. But they don't want a sensitive dude. There. You know what I'm saying? Like they want somebody that's like, you want somebody that's confident, yeah. not necessarily Sensitive. You want yeah. somebody to be like, okay, I want a confident person, meaning that I know myself, and I'll be like, hey, uh, I think I need to do this, or I would like to get this, being able to say it with confidence and believe it, and then also be able to go like, hey, I'm gonna go achieve that, and I have a goal for that. So it's kind of one of those things that you're kind of walking the line because that person you go like, hey, I think I need to get some abs, but then you go like, well, aren't you confident enough to go work out and get some abs? It's kind of it's it's, it's cosmetic, dent- cosmetic dentistry. I mean, I'm a big yeah, person. I get for teeth. I love teeth. I'm yeah, a good smile. Wow. I'm a smile person. I'm attracted to people who have yeah. good teeth. I'm just one yeah. of those people. But I mean, yeah. if you spend all this money to get cosmetic dentistry or dental implants and things like that, I mean, man, yeah. Yeah, that is that is a big deal for a lot of people. When you can't yeah. smile with confidence, when you yeah. can't express yourself and just light up, make a difference. That makes a big difference. And I, I don't I don't think people aren't doing that because every single person that I've seen, every rapper, that's yeah, as yeah. soon as they get famous, they got them yep. veneer choppers. You be like, yo, your team is too right. your face. <laughs> you be like, what you, like you, it's like nobody told you to cut those down a little bit. Like those things are huge. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm for sure, I, I'm for sure they have no issue with the teeth game because people for sure come in as soon as they get their money. They putting some teeth in. I've seen everybody do that. So, yeah, it's been uh, it, it's been interesting. But yeah, fifty. I don't know what you got done, man. But obviously, he's suing her because he was like, I did not need to go to a uh, dollar fifty cents. I'm I'm good at fifty cents <laughs> squared away at fifty yeah. cents. Uh, only other thing that we had on there was the Parkland uh school shooter. Uh, they did end up doing um, uh, the trial for that and finishing that up. And then he did not get the death penalty. They ended up giving him uh, life without parole, um, if anybody has seen out there. I know that it affected a lot of people in that Parkland a- area um, and things like that. I, I thought that they were going to, uh, you know, drop the bomb on that dude. But uh, they went ahead and gave him uh, life without parole. So... Uh, did you guys uh, check any of that um, I actually uh, trial or anything like that? I didn't read up on that trial, but that is something else. That is something yeah. else. Yeah, very, uh, very interesting, very different of all the the people that that affected and everything that went on uh, with that. So looks like uh, we have gotten through the news. So now we're going to move on to the next wonderful thing. We got the music of the week. So everybody out there got the music of the week popping off. We got it up there for the October 16th time frame. Music of the week. It was been fantastic. It's been great. Let me see. Make sure I got to the right stuff. Uh, music of the week. We had Cool G Rap. I was trying to find that album. Didn't see it out there. Uh, was searching for it. Had a couple singles out there. I did listen to It's Only Me by Little Baby. Uh, his album was about 23, uh, it was about 23, uh, records out there. I listened to it. It was close to being the mint ketchup, uh, spotlight, 
but I listened to a better album. So I it, it didn't make it. It didn't make it. It was a lot of the same beats, uh, trappy beats, and little baby doing little baby things. So it was good. If you like little baby, go get that joint. Um, you got maybe uh, laugh so hard it hurts. Um, Young Stacks fifth, uh, which is uh, Raheem Supreme and the Wi-Fi God, and then you chapters of the trenches by T Grizzly, and then Mata by MIA. The MIA was pretty daggone good. I did uh, I did like what MIA was doing with it a little different. She jumped into her Indian heritage a lot on that album, had some good hits. Um, she was uh, if you don't know MIA and like like you know what I'm saying. She had that little, you know what I'm saying, that little snippet because she had the song and then they then they did a little deal uh with the rap piece um on there. But our spotlight was that T Grizzly chapters of the trench. The thing that I really enjoyed about this album is that the album is a full story. He is literally telling stories throughout the entire album that tie together. And it's almost like he's just sitting on his porch where he lived in his hood, and he's giving you stories of things that happened in his hood. As you see on Robbery Part 4, there's other parts of the robbery that take place in there. Jay and Twan Part 3. There's other things on the Jay and Twan uh, parts of the story. That's the one part of the story that I really enjoy. Miss Evans. The Miss Evans 1 and 2. This story that he's telling is about two homies in high school that like Miss Evans, which is their teacher. Hmm. They be- they bet each other who can hit it. That's one crazy. homie, one homie comes at her, doesn't isn't able to get it. The other homie looks at her Instagram, figures her out, sees how really? she is, comes at her like very adult and, 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 and like an adult with it. Freaking uh ends up starting a relationship with her with his teacher wow his homie gets mad because he hits and he ended up showing he ended up sending a little video to his homie because they had a bet so he'd get his money he was like yo i did it his homie ain't believe he sent a little video showing old girl then he gets to school his homie is like yo tries to blackmail the teacher to allow him to hit so then they end up getting in a fight because at that point the dude, the kid, and the teacher, they starting to fall in love and have like a real relationship. Like it was a good, I was like, oh, this is dope. I was like, this is, this was a dope storytelling. And this is like T Grizzly. I was so, super surprised when I started listening to this album and really found out the way that he had it laid out. Cause I've, I've done T Grizzly albums before. And it was kind of like, all right, not, I was cool with the cadence, kind of had a certain type of vibe as of the beats and things. But I started listening to this when it really, uh, really started listening to it intently and listening to the stories he was telling. And I was like, this is a good album. This is a really good album. I think it's a very good listen. If you want to hear a story being told over trap beats and everything is audible and you're not going to be, you know what I'm saying? It's not some mumble rap or anything like that. You better hear everything. And it's a great listen as of from beginning to end, because it's just him telling stories, which tells a lot about his writing, his prowess, and the things that he can actually do as an artist. I commend this brother out there, T Grizzly. Check out Chapters of the Trenches out there uh, as the Mint Ketchup Podcast Spotlight. So T Grizzly, Chapter of the Trenches, 13 tracks. My favorites, Robbery Part 4, Jay and Twan Part 3, 
Miss Evans one and two. It's a uh, you know two songs that kind of go into what I talked about, and then Tez and Tone one and two. That's why I was putting one and two because they're they go together. They're giving you you know he's giving you full stories with it. So go check that out uh, for the music of the week. Once again, T Grizzly chapters of the trenches. Check them out everywhere you can stream as well. If you go to the place that you stream, also check out Mid Catch Up Podcast because I bet we are there. So go ahead click subscribe make sure you hit us up wherever that you stream your music i'm pretty sure that we right there as well so you can stream the podcast if you're listening to it uh just over your streaming platforms all right sir now we're here it's interview time we got fernando rover jr author of maverick as well as labyrinth a poet also putting pictures with the poetry making sure that everybody can touch and see what's going on we are so happy to have you here on the show gotta give the applause once again that's what we're here for so um with with putting your 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 books together i saw that you're a war winner in 2019 uh for poetry uh for that for that amateur uh, I got the total uh, uh, deal that you had won for, but uh, award winner. And I wanted to see like what type of musical influences um, were a part of your poetry. Because poetry is, you know, hip hop is that. Music lyrics is poetry. So what type of music, what type of musical influence did you have um, that kind of went along with that poetry? What's the rhythm? Because there's always a rhythm. I mean, myself, uh, my co-host regime we did music together melissa writes music like there's a rhythm there's always a rhythm. everybody has their own cadence in their brain that's how you get your style that's how you get your rhythm um how did you come about and what things influenced uh your rhythm when you were creating your poetry uh in your books so when it comes to my influences um i have a really broad spectrum of influences uh Probably one of the best influences I have when I write or when I'm writing is I think of the, uh, the hip hop group, the Fugees. Um, nice. Yeah, I definitely like them. Um, I think their album the score is probably one of the best yes. for storytelling, story you know, from the beginning to end, it's a, it's a story. But what I also commend the Fugees for is that even as solo artists, you know, they, they have achieved um, artistic integrity in their own in their own right you know Lauren Hill has white has Prost has you know um and yes. <laughs> I do wish that I do wish that they would come back and do one more album but that's you know there um but yeah I would say the Fuji's is definitely influence um I'm a huge I'm a huge storyteller fan so like Common I'm a huge fan of his um Nas and yeah I'm a huge fan of his as well um even like Queen Latifah and like, you know, just storytellers and, and things like that. So that's pretty much kind of where a lot of my influences come from when it comes to poetry, because, you know, um, poetry is, it's, it's the language of the everyday, you know, it's, you know, you, you see something or you hear something or, you know, you feel something in your everyday life. And then when you write it down to a rhythm or to a metric, it becomes a poem. But the root of it and the baseline of it is an everyday experience. And I think that's true for any writing, to be honest with you. Um, writing is, 
it's basically you commenting on the everyday human experience. And so for mm. me, that's a lot of where my poetry comes from is my everyday experiences, either what I myself have experienced in the past or what I've seen others experience in the past or even in the present, you know, just what I see or something that intrigues me or something that confuses me, even something that even bothers me, if that makes mm. sense. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Oh, All right. So, Melissa, do you have uh, you have any questions? Well, you know, I was I didn't get a chance to read your book. And may I make a recommendation? Is it possible that you offer your books also digitized format so people can purchase them and download them on an electronic format? Because, sure. man, I really wanted to read your stuff before the show. And I was like, man, paperback, paperback. And Amazon will not get it here in time. But <laughs> I wanted to to get a little more insight. And it makes me curious about the title Labyrinth. Uh, I know Labyrinth with David Bowie is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> As a kid, I've always loved that movie. Yeah. You know, the, the glass balls and the magic cool. and yeah. all of it, you know, is, is a good, good movie. But I wondered where you got the title from, if it, if it was working through uh, an internal maze of some sort, or if that was, um, I'm, I'm curious of, of where, where the sure. title comes from. Sure. So, um, a few years ago, I got a chance to travel abroad um, in college. We went to Scotland. It's like a little okay. tiny island, little tiny island called Iona, I-O-N-A. And uh, myself and oh, 10 other students and two professors, we went on this two-week pilgrimage, if you will. Um, and it was interesting because it was two weeks. We didn't have our phones, we didn't have our laptops. Like it was very much in a remote area. There was no like televisions anywhere. Like it was, it was very, it was kind of like going back in time because our only source of like news was like newspapers. So that was, that was very interesting, you know, to, to get your news like through just, you know, paper, like not being able to like look at it in, like in, in real time, which yeah. was, which is good because the whole point of going there was to unplug in the first place. So it wasn't like this big ordeal, but it was something different. Um, and when I was there, um, there was, so, you know, the island's pretty small and everyone that's on the island, you know, they, 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 sig they basically signify who all is there. So you go walk around and, you know, if, if somebody sees you, it's like, oh, you know, you're with the group. Like it's, 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 it's that communal and um i was you know walking around and i was exploring and i uh came across this um rock labyrinth basically it was it was a labyrinth made of rocks and it was like village ground and all that kind of like that and um came across it the groundskeeper was there and i asked him i said hey what is that over there and he was like oh it's a labyrinth and i was like oh okay well what is that and he said oh it's basically this pilgrimage pathway that you know you can walk and meditate and you know kind of work for your internal you know whatever internal problem you have you know you can sort of walk through that and you can meditate and you know you can even leave you know you can take a stone or a rock with you and it re and it represents something you're trying to let go of or something you're oh, trying to so either something you're trying to let go of or something you, you want to unpack or, or leave behind. And so you walk it and then you go to the center and then you, you know, whatever it, rep whatever it represents, you, you drop it there and then you leave it there. And mm -hmm. like metaphorically and literally you leave it there. So 
that was interesting because I had never seen Labyrinth before in that in that way. And I remember, you know, going through like the gift shop and the different buildings that were on the island. Um, the Labyrinth was, was a pretty consistent symbol everywhere. I mean, it was everywhere. And uh, when I got back from the States, um, it was like kind of living in my head for several weeks. And I thought, you know, I want to turn, I want to use that as something. Cause I, I've been a writer, you know, for a long time. Um, and I was like, I'm going to use that. I don't, I don't know if it's for a story or it's for a novel. I don't know, but I want to use that, like the theme or the title or some, the word labyrinth for something. And, um, Around that same time, I started, and and really the, the book itself wasn't like, I'm sit down and I'm going to work on a book and you know that be that be that. It was really something that was organic. Um, it was something that was, um, you know, one poem here, one poem there, every like you know for a couple of months, and then you know as time went on, I kind of collected them one by one, and I thought to myself. Okay, I mean, I've never published a book before, but I mean, I have all this information, I have all these, you know, poems, and I mm-hmm. want people to see them. So the best way to do that is to get them published. And so, um, and of course, I remember my, um, I did study English in college, and my, and my professor said, when you title something, it has to be an overarching theme in your work. So whenever you're looking for a title, it has to tie the whole product together. And so did you write last? Was yeah. the last one? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so um, so Labyrinth really was for that project. It it tied up together because that book is particularly about you know um, experiences of black men. You know, and and I think being a black man is its own labyrinth because you go through so many different journeys and so many different directions and so many internal struggles, if you will. And you always have to find your way back to the center of who you are. And so that's really what the overall um, thesis of, of a labyrinth is, at least for the poems are for, for that book. And then for you know Maverick, which is recently published, um, I'm a huge like film person. I like film. Um, I like, and not just like mainstream film, but like indie films and art films. Like I just I like films from a storytelling, you know, aspect. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorite filmmakers slash photojournalists is uh, Gordon Parks, who was the director and, and writer of Shaft, the, the original Shaft. Oh. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, but before a lot, a, lot, a, lot of people, a lot of people forget that before he was a director, he was a photojournalist. Like he went around the country and took photos for like Newsweek and Life mm-hmm. and you know all these different you know mainstream publications. And he would take photos of like everyday people, like you know you know families and you know poverty-stricken people and you know um, gas you know being spilled into the ocean. Like you know it was all mm-hmm. these different these different things and. You know, they were very captivating images and they told the story of what was going on in that image. And I was um, very much during the pandemic, I was very much um, influenced and perturbed by the state of gentrification in my hometown of San Antonio. So a lot of areas, particularly minority areas, Hispanic and black owned areas are being largely gentrified. A lot of the, the homes are being just, that right, the, the taxes are going just, just sky high and you know businesses are being pushed out and in their places are these, you know, brand new state of the art, you know, techie businesses that wow. are by these, 
I hate to say this, but these kind of pseudo woke white people, um, right. they because I feel like it's just my my opinion, but I feel uh-huh. like you know, they and I've I've had this conversation with my friends, like even my friends who are friends with, with these with these you know white business owners who who you know they come across as meaning well and they come across as someone that wants to quote unquote understand, but their actions are very much motivated by commerce and motivated by mm. greed. And so like, that kind of contradicts right. what they're A lot coming with, you know? And so I was just very much perturbed by that. And I, you know, of course, during the pandemic, everything was shut down. So, right. you know, I, like many of my friends would just drive around the block, just drive, just to get, just to get out the house for a yeah. few hours, just get some fresh air. You know what I mean? And I, and mm. I sort of had this, um, renewed sense of pride in my hometown that I hadn't had before or if I had had in the past, it was like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I was just seeing like these buildings that were once like, you know, monuments of the community are now like dilapidated and completely like torn right. down. Or I remember uh, my friends and I, so one of our favorite um, water parks on mm-hmm. the on the black and Hispanic side of town is called Splash Town. And I'll never forget the day that we got the news that it was not only was being closed down, it was being torn down. And in their place was um, some famous um, family that owns like cars in the area. They're opening up a car lot there over there. Okay. And so, and so mm-hmm. I, I, I write for our local paper and I basically called them out in, in, the, in the article. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ruffle, ruffle, ruffle some feathers, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, yes. I, I mean, if I'm being completely honest with parents, yes, because I feel like it wasn't something that any any of us knew. Any of us knew about it, and I feel like that that's the only, and to me, that's the only water park that was accessible to people on that side of town. I think the nearest right. water park, the nearest water park or amusement park in San Antonio, the two remaining ones are on the northern parts of town where it's largely suburban, it's largely right. white, it's largely overpopulated. Right. If you don't right. have a car, it's hard to get over there. You know what I mean? So it's just like these things aren't aren't happenstance. This is intentional disenfranchisement, displacement, you know, yeah. you know, right. and it's for me it's like, you know, again, you you hear about it in political spaces and you know they have these giant forums about it and things like that and they you know they bang their chest about how well, we're going to do the right thing and we're going to mm-hmm. you know put put the community back into you know we're going to put this back to the community and so on and so forth but mm-hmm. one of the things that i appreciate uh the privileges I, I appreciate as an artist is that i'm able to go in directions or go further than say a politician because there are no rules you know there's yeah. no rules right. As right really can you kind of can go as as we've seen with 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 Kanye West. You you can go as as far as you want, or you know wherever you right. want to go. So for me, I just really wanted to get the point across that you know these these places, these 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 buildings that are now being torn down or falling apart, once had life in them. People used to live here, and they used to you know dream here, and they used to you know go and and sit on the sidewalk and and you know think about their city you know and now it's like you literally feel like it's a ghost town because it's just like you know um so that's really what maverick was about and and you know if you look at the literal the literal 
term or the definition of maverick maverick is somebody that goes against the grain somebody that you know is yeah. you know that doesn't yeah. follow the rules so that's right. kind of where um it came it, that's what the direction i want i want to take that i like that well fantastic i really uh I really appreciate it. We were able to, you know, touch base on the Labyrinth as well as Maverick. Make sure everybody that's listening out there, go check those out on Amazon. They are in paperback. Um, and make sure you make that order. Check out my man, Fernando uh, Rover Jr. It's been a great time. But we got one more thing that we got to do for you. We also have to respect your deck, man. So we have this thing called Respect Your Deck. And because this is, you know, it's music related. And we we talked about how music was related to how you did your poems and how you made your books and things of that nature. We usually ask like three questions. You know, we ask, you know, uh, everybody wants to know, what's that one artist that you are like, hey, it doesn't matter what that artist puts out. That's what I'm going to. That artist is coming out with an album. I'm buying it no matter what. What's your number one artist that no matter what's going on, artist or group, I'm buying it. No matter what the ratings or what anybody says about it, is it like outside hip hop or is it just within it, any music? Any music? Go to. Okay. Okay. Go-to? Oh my! My go-to when it comes to music is I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna surprise people by this, but I mean that's okay. a good thing. Um, is Sade? Okay, yeah. Sade. All Sade. right, because love it. Love it. Not a fighter. Because, um, well, because, and and I think I respect her, not only her artistry, but I respect her ability to keep herself, like, grounded and keep herself kind of protected. You know, she's not really somebody that's, like, out there and, you know, doing stuff, you know, and she she speaks directly through her music. um, And I think that's the best thing to do as an artist. Um, yeah. Because I remember I saw this. I remember uh, uh, Beyonce did this interview about how music now come to subsiated with like everyday occurrences. Like she was mm-hmm. saying how you know artists. Whenever you buy an artist's work, it used to be you bought their work because you loved the music and you appreciated them as an artist. Right. Now it's like you're concerned about who they're dating and who they're married to or who they had a beef with or who they, you know, what this song is about because of this, you know, controversy. And it's like the art's kind of being left, like it's kind of being left behind in a way. And Mm -hmm. one thing I like about artists like Sade, but even artists like Prince and, and, you know, other artists, they, they, don't they put their artistry in the forefront? Their personal life was completely irrelevant. Very, very That's how everybody was. Uh, you know, that was the, the the social media thing because that was where, I mean, as of right now, that's where you get the bag, as they say. You get the bag if social media being wide open, just saying everything and anything because you're trying to get followers because that's the bag. So that that's the thing that's new. And then you know when it does go down that path of. Oh man, it's messing up stuff, and all of a sudden I'm in beef with people and things of that nature. That's a part of the bag now. Like you just got to be like, all right. So now you blow the beef up even more. You hype it up instead of going, "Hey, I'm gonna go talk to this person and squash this." No, let's blow it up as much as possible and say outlandish things, and then you know, <laughs> a month and a half from now, or or we may be saying stuff going, "Hey, I'm gonna say crazy stuff." 
just don't worry about it. It's not real. And then you go, I'm going to hit them with that crazy stuff. And then they come back with crazy stuff. And we both know it's not real. And then we laugh ourselves to the bank because now we got more followers than everybody's beefing. <laughs> but we right. up here at Richie's Egg. And that's the new thing that people are doing. And, uh, you know, folks are out there. To, that's the hustle of the social media. So, yeah. Which brings me back to that business thing that we were talking about mm-hmm. with the yeah. Tanya here. Yep. It's design thinking. Design yeah, thinking. That's, that's, the, that's the new. Harvard, Harvard Business Review. and just Yeah, that's snippet of that to see why um you know they study the trends of people and their behaviors yep. to be able to sell them something you know? yep that's the new yeah. hustle so we got we got your artist so sade is your artist so talk to me what's that one album that hey you're on the you know the normal hey you're on the island what's the one album that you're taking with you? um it would definitely have to be her fourth album, um, okay. Love Deluxe. Um, you know, right. for me, An Ordinary Love is probably one of the best, if not the most, like, beautiful love song that I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, and not only that, but just the video, just the video, you know, the video is just, yeah, so I mean, hey, that was eccentric. a joint, man. It's like her. You know, <laughs> you know, eccentric, you know, like she really was like, you know, we, we, you know, we're talking like there's so much controversy about, yeah. you know, Ariel being black. But mm-hmm. she was a black mermaid back in the nineties. Yeah, so it was one of yeah. yeah. those things where um, you know, just the yeah. the concept of the video and just how mm-hmm. there's like there, there's like there's no dialogue, there's no like storyline. It's just right. well the storyline, but you know, it, yeah. the music tells a story. So I, right, I do right. Um, that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah we got, so we got so we got uh album uh Love the Lux. Uh, and your artist, not just that song, but like there's, you know, there's, there's Cherish the Day, there's Pearls, yeah. there's, there's Life, you know, there's yeah. all those, all those good ones. So, uh, so then if you were on a, on an album or on an island and you had one song that you had to play the entire time you're there, what is that one song from any artist that you would, uh, that you would play? Or what's your, your, if you were, if you're a workout person or whatever is that one song that just, turns it up or gives you that emotion or gives you that feeling or keeps you sane <laughs> yeah yeah that too you know you can mean? be by yourself on the island you know yeah 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 for sure have something to revisit um i, I would i would i would repeat the same answer it'll be no it'll be no, no ordinary love uh, okay no ordinary love there you go hey man we we have found the sade fan it's here <laughs> you know what i'm saying like look and i'm i don't gonna give you all the applause because you are our first Sade. We've had a lot of Tupac <laughs> on here. We've had, you know what I'm saying? We've had a whole bunch of like different hip hop joints, but Sade, you are the one bringing Sade to the table for season two. I really appreciate it, man, because you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I give no ordinary love. I mean, now you know what I'm saying? That's a jam right there. They be doing it. it so yeah. we got, uh, we got uh, Sade out here. So we were respecting your deck. We always respect your deck. Those that are out here, interview-wise, we want to make sure that knowing that music influences everybody out here in anything that they do. They play it in their car. They play it at work. You hear it in elevators. Music is always an influence. And we wanted to see what influences you um, to make the great uh, books and poetry that influence you uh, on a day-to-day basis. So we really appreciate you once again. Thank you so much for coming through, interviewing with it. Go out. Check out his books, Maverick and Labyrinth. You can find them um, on any bookshelves that are out there. You can get it through Amazon 
and things of that nature. So go check it out. Go pick it up for uh, Fernando Rover Jr. Now, yeah. <laughs> we're going to move on to the last piece. We got the top almost four things that I've thought of in my brain and what I like. So this week, I decided I'm going to go with top female hip-hop movie performance. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my top four hip-hop female movie performance. So we usually talk about the males in the hip-hop movie. We usually do always talk about that because usually they're the lead characters. But I'm going to talk about those that were supporting them and had a fantastic and dramatic or funny situation that they did great things. All right. So I have some honorable mentions. And some people may not like my honorable mentions, but my honorable mentions are Jada Pickett and set it off as Stoney. We got uh, some people may say this should be in there. Janet Jackson and Poetic Justice. As yeah, just. I was thinking of you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I've got um, Brittany Murphy as Alex in Eight Mile is uh, as of an honorable mention. All right. So now I'm going to give you my top four. At number four, I'm going to give it up for Taji P. Henson as Yvette in Baby Boy. <laughs> like she was good. She was, I'd be like, that was a very interesting. And Taji P. Henson be doing her thing. She's a great actress. I had to go in the baby. I, I don't know if a lot of people get Baby Boy a lot of love, but it was fantastic. Yeah. Good move. Yeah. All right. So number three, I give it Taryn Manning in Hustle and Flow as Nolia. So I was like, hey, that one was wildin'. I was like, yo, this little 100-pound white girl was killing it in Hustle and Flow. I was like, all right, doing a dang old thing. She played very well off of your main. You know what I'm saying? He was doing doing his thing <laughs> off your main. He was doing his thing. So that was at number three. So number two, I give it up for Reva Styles, a.k.a. Angela Bassett. AKA Wakanda forever out here in Boys in the Hood. In the you know hood. what I'm saying? Boys in the Hood. She was killing it. She was my mama. I was like, yo, that's every black mama. Like, yo, you got to get over here. You better go see your dad on stepdaddy. You need to learn how to be a man. Like, you know what I'm saying? She was on it, man. She was doing a thing. That was legit. And number one, because it was out of nowhere, it was a fantastic performance. And I feel. It was almost like her best performance she's had as an actress because no movie has really been like this since then for her. Most people may not think of this, but I give it up for Cleo, Queen Latifah on Set It Off. She was killing it in that role. And I feel like that was the top end as your female performance. So I look at it like at number four, we had Taja P. Henson as your vet. Number three, we had Tara Manning in Hustle and Flow as Nolia. Number two, Angela Bassett, every day going black person's mama as Reva Styles. And number one, I give it up because it was so out of the box and nobody that was coming. And she did a fantastic job, Queen Latifah, and set it off as Cleo. She had a dope ass, freaking 6'4. She was killing it. That mug was that had the corn rolls rocking. I mean, she went, she was East Coast and turned into a West Coast. It was like, yeah, she was killing it in that role. So, I mean, uh, what what do you think there, uh, Melissa? You think I, I may have hit it? Did I forget something? 
I think you did, those were really good choices you made. Um, but I, I was thinking also what movie influences you may have had, Fernando. Um, movies like Jason's Lyric or Love Jones or something mm -hmm. like that. Those are yeah. those are classic movies to me. When when you first seen, you know, poetry being highlighted a little yeah. more and poetic justice. But um, yeah, there was another movie that I thought of the other day too, and I was like, dang man, I just hadn't even thought of that until right now. Mm. But yeah, what what uh, what other movies would you say? Um, I think your picks are excellent though. Mm. But what, what other movies would you say would have been influenced to you uh, in your writing? Right. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely Love Jones was definitely yeah. a huge um, influence. Do you know um, it by heart? Hey, babe. You're the shit girl. And I'm digging you like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, no, definitely. Um, I definitely like that. Um, Brown Sugar uh, was yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brown Sugar. Um, I would say that that's a great one. Um, and then also, I would definitely like. I would definitely say uh, Alfred Woodard in Crooklyn. I think that was a okay. huge. Yep. Yep. That was a yep. huge film yeah. and just very dramatic and very spot on. Mm. Um, and yep. then also, just growing up as a as a you know, I was the youngest. I'm the youngest grandchild. Um, mm. So like movies like Soul Food were so oh, huge. Yeah. Because sure. it was sure. very much like you saw your family in that. I mean, what family didn't have Sunday dinner? And then, of course, when mm. you know um, when you have like spats and you go back and forth with your family, like y'all always oh, come yeah. together. So I definitely, definitely, definitely is definitely one of my favorite movies. And I, I, you know, every time it it comes on, or like now it's on now it's on Hulu and Netflix now, so like I can watch yep. whenever I want to now. So like, you know, <laughs> you know that's always that's, good time. Yeah, for sure. If I would have uh, just just panned as full black movies. It would have been a probably a totally different list. But uh, you know, I tried to keep it more in that hip hop grimy or you know, saying in that area. Meanwhile, it, I, mean, I really like that character she played, Brittany Murphy played in, in yeah. Eight Mile. Eight Mile yeah. in general. That movie was awesome yeah. to me. And I man, I've had so many jobs in my life. My first job was was uh paper route and I worked in a factory. I used to clean um mm. so many jobs, hard jobs, labor jobs before yep, yep. Uh, that's where I'm at now. Mm. But Specifically, when I first watched Eight Mile, um, I don't write as much music as I used to. You know, I need to get back into it, which I'm so glad. My friend Allie, she makes a lot of art, and she made my pens. And I said I need to put oh. these to put these to good use. Mm. But I used to write more music and more poetry and things like that. And just, I guess, I write more for school than I do now. Mm. For uh, I think it would help as a form of therapy. Yeah, for me because um, oh, I, don't, I don't get it out as much as I yeah. should. It's just stuck in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotta let it out. Gotta yeah. let it out always. Yes, um, but that movie Eight Mile, where he is working in the factory. I worked mm -hmm. in a bookbinding factory when I was um, in high school. Well, actually, at, after graduation, it was a bookbinding factory. We used to bind those um, big Lowe's catalogs. Yeah, I worked. I worked really late night shifts and stuff like that. And I, I started out doing the boxes on the on the conveyor mm -hmm. and then I moved up moved up to the um, <laughs> the shrink wrap machine where and this machine was very dangerous it chops mm -hmm. down and it cuts the right right you have to put the book in slide it in enough to move your hands and it chops down mm -hmm. and it goes through a shrink wrap heated thing where it kind of like melts the plastic to the book 
Right, right. But it's it is is something you don't want to do when you're a little tired. You know what mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, understandable. But the sound of that do 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 is how yeah. I wrote one of my songs. And oh, so, wow. so when I first saw that eight mile, I was like, "Oh, I feel that. I feel that." Yeah, yeah. So you hear beats. It's street sounds. It's things around you. Right. It's, it's a, it, just like you said. You write present, past, whatever. And yeah, you every everyday occurrences. Yeah. You pull yeah. from it. You know what I mean? And and I was just there trying to keep myself focused, and I had a little beat in my head, and that's how I wrote it. So that that to me is an influential movie to me, just from that scene. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 It's always uh, it's always something out there. I know music is like we said, music is an influence on anybody and everybody. It's always around you. It's somewhere. It's in the elevator. It's uh, when you go to Walmart. Like you, you don't understand the amount of music and the amount of influence that's out there. And music is poetry. It's poetry put to to uh, instruments. So make sure, like we said before. We've enjoyed having a, a great award-winning poet out here. Go check out his books, Labyrinth, as well as Maverick. You can find them on Amazon. Once again, it's Fernando Rover Jr. that is here with us. And we are getting ready to step out of here. Thank you so much. Everyone have a blessed day. Melissa, yes. thank you again for coming in and hanging out with us, giving us a little perspective. Real, you know what I'm saying? Get a little perspective. If y'all haven't heard Rajin's voice in a while, he had to step out, man. He was at the pumping patch, and then he had to go spend some time with the with the wife and whatnot, and the and the baby girl, the little grandbaby and whatnot. So once again, please click, like, subscribe, comment, come join us. We're on our way. We're trying to get to 100 on uh, on YouTube. We want to have 100 subscribers. We're looking to start putting some gear together and things of that nature. So we get to 100. We want that 100 person to be able to uh, to grab a t-shirt or a hat or whatever we come up with. So come join us. We're on a journey. We're trying to get that. Once again, click, like, subscribe, subscribe. Catch Up Podcast, YouTube, <laughs> Facebook, streams wherever you need it to stream at we'll be there for you we're going to do this every week until the wheels fall off so we really appreciate once again melissa coming through once again giving it up for fernando rover jr go find his good book go buy his book and uh have a great time we about to get up out of here it's been great it's been great seeing you guys until next week men catch up podcast we'll see you